Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to everybody in this room and all those joining us online. It's always great to have you. Thanks for all those joining us online. And we have a special family who's joining us via our live stream today, and it's tied to the memorial service that we did yesterday for longtime part of the Eagle family we said goodbye to this week. Here's a picture of Tanya Frank. She was Tanya Caldwell when she first started attending Eagle Church. For those of you who've been around here for many years, she met her husband Steve at Eagle in 1999, or 1998, and I married them in 1999, and they would have celebrated their 20th anniversary this week. And um, she'd been struggling uh, many health issues, but certainly nothing that would have pointed to her passing. She had a head cold, um, slept in the spare bedroom, so she wasn't keeping Steve up with the coughing, and et cetera, and Steve went in the next morning to wake her up for work, and she had passed in the night, and she just went to sleep. So they live in Texas now, so their whole family flew up uh, for this weekend's funeral. We had a memorial yesterday, and uh, so those of you who know Tanya Caldwell's, how maybe you would have known her, Steve Frank, you may have remember Steve Frank, but if you could just lift up, Steve and Tanya have two kids, um, just going through, you can imagine, 18-year-old Alexa, who's off to her freshman year at college, and then um, Chris, a, soft, or a, a junior in high school, so Alexa and Chris, pray for them, and Steve, uh, just going through the kind of week, um, month, year they never imagined having to go through. And many of you have been asking about uh, Gabriel and Letitia and their family. You remember a few weeks ago, I talked about uh, their nephew, Tony, 23-year-old who passed away in a car accident. Many of you have been asking about that memorial service. We're still waiting to hold the memorial service because the coroner hasn't released the body to the family yet because of some things surrounding the accident. So you can pray for Gabriel and Letitia and... Um, it's Letitia's sister, Carmen, her husband, Jose, um, grieving the loss of a 23-year-old son. And you can imagine, we'd just like to probably have some closure and some gatherings together to do that. And um, thank you for all those of you who've been bringing meals to their family. I know Jose and Carmen have appreciated the food you've been bringing by. And thank you for that. At Dean's, thanks for helping quarterback all of that. And so just continue to pray if you know, if you know the family at all and just continue to lift up uh, what will be, Letitia said to me yesterday, she thinks maybe the service perhaps could be this week sometime, so we're praying accordingly with you, Letitia. So just letting family know, right, this is the church family, and this is our family business together, and we want to be the kind of community that supports and loves through these kinds of seasons of life. And on an upswing and positive note, uh, Matt and Abby, I'm just going to call you out because I, I put your faces on the screen a few weeks ago, so Matt and Abby could stand up. Our newest of newlyweds were married two weeks ago. Let's give a round of applause to Matt and Abby. So there they are in person. You saw them via screen a couple weeks ago. So if you haven't met them yet, say hello, shake their hands, give them hugs. They can report on how wonderful the sun and the beach and the warmth are in the honeymoon stage of life. So open up your Bibles, 2 Samuel chapter 15. 2 Samuel chapter 15. We're in this journey on the life of David. And we're going to talk today about a lesson David is learning regarding friendship. We're going to talk about friendship today. Author Beth Kefhard, I put this in your notes. If you haven't pulled out your message notes, go ahead online. You folks, uh, your host can direct you electronically. Those are accessible. If you fire up your app, you can get them electronically as well. This quotation is in your note. Author Beth Kefhart, she writes about being the new kid at school when her family had transitioned to a new community. She said, quote, I had to think, who might have room for me? Who isn't taken? 
I had to shield myself from the hazards of rejection, send out just enough signals, but not too many. Walking up and down the halls, I studied students at their lockers, tried on attitudes, sat front, back, middle on the bus. I strategized, adapted, hoped, without disclosing hope, that someone out there was looking too, that something about me would inspire. One can go one's whole life without a friend. I realize that. There's the possibility of perpetual loneliness. Friendships are complicated, are they not? We've got all of our kiddos in here with us today. Well, generally in like the elementary stage of life, they're not overly complicated, right? It's hanging out with the playground, it's sharing whatever's in your lunch. But as you go from elementary school to middle school, a little more complex, right, Brad? He's a little more complex there, right? Our middle school director over here. And, and then when they go into high school, right, Ian? Maybe a little more complex into the high school years. And then all the rest of us in adult world, can we all just agree that as we move along in life, the friendship factor increases in complexity, right? What was once fairly straightforward can get a little mixed up. The poet Samuel Coleridge, he described friendship, and here's going to be our image for the day, as a sheltering tree. And when I read that line from one of his poems, The Sheltering Tree, it reminded me of when Kendra and I found this beach in Hawaii on our sabbatical. Take a look at this beach right here that we stumbled upon. And that, you know, when you're at a beach, the sand's burning hot and the sun's really intense and that was definitely the case. But then how about this amazing tree, this tree that just stretched out over the beach and its leaves were so broad and its branches so thick, and it just became a wonderful place of shelter. We pulled up our beach chairs. Do you remember that, honey? I think you took two or three naps maybe that day under the sheltering tree. And that's, that's friendship. That's a friend. A sheltering tree to help provide rest from the heat and intensity of life. Well, David, remember where we left David off on our journey with David's storyline? We left David off in the place where his family was kind of unraveling at the seams. So David had, the, where we're at in the storyline, it's been 14 years since he made some really bad decisions when he began to pursue a relationship with a young lady named Bathsheba who wasn't his wife took her to be his wife, had a child with her, had her husband Uriah murdered, played cover-up for a year. That was 14 years ago. And then Nathan, a good friend, comes to him and says, David, that, you know, blows the whistle, throws the flag, says, that's way out of bounds. Calls him back to the Lord, to repentance. Remember that discussion we had? Psalm 51 is the psalm David wrote from that place of kind of threshold moment of confession and repentance. And then over the next 13 or 14 years, the ripple effect, the fracture through the family started to occur. There was the loss. He lost three sons now, and his remaining sons, one of them Absalom, has decided he's going to take over the kingdom. He usurps his dad's authority, gathers the hearts of the people through all kinds of manipulation and things, and basically takes over the power and authority of being the king of Israel, self-appointed 
king of Israel, and David then has to run off into the wilderness. And you're like, are you kidding me? David spent so much of his earlier years running and hiding from Saul. Now David's the king, and he's got to go run and hide from his own son, Absalom, who's on the throne and carrying out his responsibilities. And right here in David's life, you can describe this particular moment in David's journey, 2 Samuel 15 and 16, it would be the proverbial rock bottom, the lowest of lows, the deepest of valleys and the darkest of days. And church, you know this, right? It's in those moments that you discover your true friends. Because a friend walks in, hear this now, a friend walks in when the world walks out. A friend walks in when the world walks out. And right now today, we're going to look at two friends who walked in, and we're going to look at one friend who walked out. And hopefully they'll give us some insight into the kind of community we want to be and some insight into battling back against the perpetual loneliness that's like a, it's a fairly prolific disease in suburban North American life today. I think we'll get some insight from David's storyline in it here. 2 Samuel 15, we're going to pick it up in verse 19. David is running and hiding from his own son, Absalom, and in his running and his hiding, some of his friends stayed with him. Verse 19, the king said to Ittai the Gittite, say Ittai, Ittai the Gittite, why should you come along with us? Go back and stay with King Absalom. So David's saying to his good friend Ittai, yeah, you don't want to hang with me because where I'm going, it's not going to be great. Like, I'm going to go run and hide. He's going to go into the wilderness and the desert. David would have known what that was like because he spent 13 years running from Saul. So he's saying, Ittai, it'd be a good time to go peace out with me on the friendship thing. You are a foreigner and an exile from your homeland because the Gittites were not native Israelites. You came only yesterday, and today I shall make you wander about with us when I do not know where I am going. Go back, take your countrymen. May kindness and faithfulness be with you. Verse 21, Ittai replies to the king, As surely as the Lord lives, and as my Lord the king lives, wherever my Lord the king may be, whether it means life or death, there your servant will be. Now that's a friend. That's a sheltering tree for David right there. You see that? So our first character today is Ittai the Gittite, and I put in your notes, he says to David, I'm with you no matter what. Do you have anyone in your life who's kind of come alongside in those moments? I'm with you no matter what. I know the circumstances look bad, and I know that to hang with you means maybe my life's going to get a little worse. I'm staying, even if staying with you means my circumstances uh, get worse. It's, it's Ittai who says, even when you're not at your best, David, I'll, I'll, I'll be with you. Even if a bunch of others are walking out, I'm not walking out. I'm staying with you, even if staying with you complicates everything on the horizon. I'm staying with you because I'm your friend. That's Ittai the Gittite. That's a sheltering tree that I would argue is worth more than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. And he walked in when a whole bunch of other folk in David's life were walking out, and that's a friend. So we've got Ittai the Gittite, hold it there. He says, I'm staying no matter what. And then we've got Hushai, say Hushai. 
Hushai the Archite, jump over 2 Samuel 15, verse 30. Here's what's going on. David's running and hiding. He comes to the Mount of Olives, which is a mountainous area, and he's weeping. He's weeping because of his circumstances, because things are dark and things are difficult. And he just said he had just buried three sons, and now he's dealing with the son that's usurping authority. His circumstantial wilderness is as bad as it's ever been. He's weeping. He's mourning. He's desperate. And what you did back then was, look at the next sentence, his head was covered and he was barefoot. All the people with him covered their heads, heads too and were weeping as they went. That's what they did back in that day. When you were in a deep valley and you were in a dark day, you covered your head, you had bare feet, you tossed dust upon yourself as kind of an outward expression of circumstantially how things were going in your life. Now watch what happens, verse 32. When David arrived at the summit, that is the Mount of Olives, where people used to worship God, Hushai the archite was there to meet him. Notice this. His robe torn and dust on his head. What does that tell you about Hushai? Why is his robe torn? Why is dust on his head? Because David, his friend. Because David, his friend, is broken. Because David, his friend, is desperate. Because David, his friend, is at the end of his rope. He's in a deep valley in a dark day. And Hushai joins him. Because David's mourning, Hushai is mourning. Because David is desperate, Hushai is desperate. Because David is weeping, Hushai is weeping. Because David's robe is torn, Hushai tears his robe. Because David's got dust covering, Hushai is covering himself with dust. That's a true friend. That's a sheltering tree. That's a sheltering tree. Look at verse 33 now. Watch what happens here. David says to him, if you go with me, you'll be a burden to me. He's trying to get rid of all those folks because he knows how bad things are going to get. But if you return to the city and say to Absalom, so he's trying to send him back to Absalom, I will be your servant, O king. I was your father's servant in the past, but now I will be your servant. Then you can help me by frustrating Ahithophel's advice. We'll come back to that. Won't the priests Zadok and Abiathar be there with you? Tell them anything you hear in the king's palace. Their two sons, Amahaz, son of Zadok, and Jonathan, son of Abiathar, are there with them. Send them to me with anything you hear. Verse 37. So David's friend Hushai arrived at Jerusalem as Absalom was entering the city. So if Ittai says, I'm staying with you no matter what, Hushai says, I'm here, how can I help? That's a sheltering tree. That's a friend. I know you're in a desperate place, David. How can I help? I know you're mourning, David. How can I help? I know you're overwhelmed with what's happening, David. How can I help? That's a Hushai. That's a sheltering tree. That's a friend. No matter how deep the valley, no matter how dark the days, Hushai comes, tears his robe, covers his head, has bare feet, says, David, I join you in your place of mourning. How can I help? That's a sheltering tree. Now, specifically, David here, he's He's savvy in that he's trying to get some information in his survival technique. He's like, well, if I can find out what's going on with Absalom and the kingdom there, it might help me in my survival out in the wilderness. So Hushai, go back, plant yourself in there, and be a conduit of information. Be like a spy inside Absalom's kingdom. And Hushai's like, if that's what you need, king, if that's what you need, friend, I will go. 
So Ittai the Gittite says, I'm with you no matter what. Hushai the Archite says, I'm here. What can I do to help? Church, those are sheltering trees. Is there an Ittai or a Hushai coming to mind in your life right now? Can you think back in your own journey when someone just came alongside you in a really difficult time and a really dark place and they just carried out kind of more of an Ittai-like ministry, just said, you know what, I'm here. Not providing answers and all those things, just their presence, their physical presence with you and staying alongside you. And said, you know what, I'm not leaving you. No matter how much you try to push me away, I'm staying right here. Do you remember someone? Or how about Hushai? You've had a Hushai, the archite come along, who just came alongside and simply said to you in a multiplicity of ways, I'm here to help. How can I help? How can I help? Those are friends. Those are sheltering trees. And I'm going to give you permission right now, though I know that this section probably has lots of activity going on with their phones, but that's the student section, the young people section. You already have your phones out, but here's what I'm giving permission for the whole church to have. Pull out your phone right now, and I'd like you to send a text message to your Ittai and your Hushai, and just say, hey, you know what? Thanks. Thanks for being that in my life. And if not right now, sometime this week, sometime today, just send a note. Thanks for staying in the trenches with me. When a whole bunch of folks were walking out, you walked in. When a whole bunch of folks were piling on, you said, how can I help? However you want to say it, say thank you to those in your life. And by the way, if you're, if you're struggling sometimes to think, I don't know that I have an Ite or a Hushai. You know, one of the ways you develop those kinds of friendships is you be that for someone else. Like if you can become an Ittai to someone else, generally I've found those folks aren't lacking for those kinds of relationships and friendships in their own life. So maybe that's the action item out of this section of the message is say, Lord, open my eyes to see who I can be friend in this kind of a manner today, this week. Who can I come alongside and say, hey, you know what? I'm with you. How can I help? A friend walks in when the world walks out. David's getting a PhD in this right now because a whole bunch of folks in his life are walking out. He was the king. Picture how popular David, remember the hit song on the radio that everybody was playing? Saul has slain thousands. How many for David? David, tens of thousands. He was the cover of all the magazines, all the talk show radio. He was the topic of all of that. He was the king. There was so much, especially after he took Goliath out and then eventually gets appointed to the throne, and he oppressed the enemies, and he brought back the ark, and there were so many wonderful things going on through his leadership, and now, you know your true friends don't just show up on Inauguration Day, right? It's nice to have friends who show up at weddings and baby showers and those wonderful moments in our lives. Those are wonderful friends to have, but you know where friendships really sifted? Second Samuel 15, when a whole bunch of folks are walking out, who's walking in? When it's deep, when it's dark, when it's hard, when it's not convenient to be your friend, who's your friend? That's, there you go, right there. That's when you know. And David's finding out, oh, Ittai and Hushai, those two guys. And now he's learning, third character in our story today, he's learning about someone who's walking out. Because this also happens in friendship, right? His name is Ahithophel. Say Ahithophel. Boy, you didn't know you were going to get so much language learning today, did you? 
Ahithophel is in David's trusted inner circle. We learned about him a few weeks ago because David sought him out for advice and some leadership decisions. Ahithophel was like a spiritual advisor, a cabinet member. He was in the inner circle. He was close. He was tight. He was someone that they looked to. David looked to for guidance and direction. They shared a lot of history together, been through a lot of battles together, had a lot of scars together. This is Ahithophel. Now listen to what it says about Ahithophel's kind of his reputation. 2 Samuel 16, verse 23, last verse of chapter 16. Now in those days, the advice of Ahithophel gave was like the one who inquires of God. That was how both David and Absalom regarded all of Ahithophel's advice. Whew, what's that tell you about that, man? That's a good friend to have. Well, isn't it great to have a friend who inquires of God? That's a spiritual friendship, by the way. Those are wonderful things to have. One who inquires of God, and you know that when they're speaking with you and providing counsel and guidance, if from a base of seeking God's face and listening to God's wisdom, that's Ahithophel. And he had an amazing reputation. And now back to chapter 15, here's what it says about Ahithophel. Verse 31, chapter 15, now David had been told, imagine when he heard this, quote, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. Wow. So David prayed, O Lord, turn Ahithophel's counsel into foolishness. <laughs> I love the honesty of David's prayers there. Come on, if you stay in the trenches of human relationships enough, you're eventually going to have the kind of relationship in your life where you're going to pray to turn their words into foolishness. If it's not happening right now in your life, just keep living. David's like, wait, Ahithophel? The one guy who was in the trenches, who we carried all his ministry together? How could he turn his back and join Absalom? How does that happen? Lord, turn his counsel into foolishness, Lord. So if Ittai and Hushai are walking in, Ahithophel is walking out. David's getting a PhD in friendship. A true friend walks in, and the rest of the world walks out. I think what Judas was to Jesus, I think Ahithophel was to David. It was that level. What Judas was to Jesus in the New Testament, the one who betrayed him, sold him out for 30, 50 cent pieces, what that whole storyline was for Jesus, Ahithophel was right here for David. That level of betrayal and hurt, fracture, I mean, just, I'm sure it sent him to a place where he's like, I can't imagine. And, and many scholars think, and I'm going to read a few, few verses out of it, Psalm 55, you can jot that in your notes or in your Bible there. You can write that beside um, 2 Samuel 15, write Psalm 55. They believe David might have written these words with Ahithophel in mind, verse 12 to 14, Psalm 55, if an enemy were insulting me, I could endure it. If a foe were raising against himself against me, I could hide from him. But it is you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend, with whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship as we walk with the throng to the house of God. Man, if you stay in the trenches of human relationships long enough, you'll be there, huh? Psalm 55 is a great companion when you're in that spot where you thought someone was right there. Maybe you thought someone was an Ittai or a Hushai, and they turned out to be an Ahithophel. Do you know what the challenge is when you encounter that? Like the challenge for David right now in this part of the story is that he won't allow the hurt and betrayal from Ahithophel 
to stop his pursuit and his transparency and his authenticity to stay in the trenches of relationship with Ittai and Hushai. That's the challenge. And if you live enough life, you know exactly that, that crucible right there. You may feel in that. When you go through some stuff and someone goes Ahithophel on you, and everything inside of you get jaded and cynical and push back and build walls and say, you know, I'm not going down that road again because I thought it was an Ithai or a Husha. I thought you were with me no matter what. And I thought you were with me to say, hey, how can I help? And then all of a sudden you're joining Absalom's conspiracy. Oh, my goodness. Right there in that space takes a tremendous amount of courage, help from the Holy Spirit to stay in the trenches and keep pursuing the relationships and the friendships you know are walking towards you. And then what do you do with the ones walking out? You have to lay them at God's feet and say, you know what, God, you've got to get the last word on all of that. Because otherwise you'll just be spending all kinds of sleepless nights trying to correct all the Ahithophel stuff in life. That's not, in our, that's not our job to do. The Lord's got to sort that out in the end. But I suspect if we will look up in our lives at moments like this, if we will look up, we will see even in the midst of the Ahithophels walking out, Look around and you will find at least one or two walking in. And that's a true friend. So the sheltering tree, the beach in Hawaii. Alicia, can you put that back up, please? So the rest of the story is Kendra and I had a little bit of a hike to get to this beach. What we didn't realize when we were unloading our Jeep full of stuff, was the kind of hike it was going to be to the beach. So it was down a path, and then it became a rappelling with a rope, okay, like a little rappelling rope path down a cliff. Well, Kendra and I are rolling up beach chairs, coolers, like picture this, like book bags, towels, like we're loaded. We're loaded, and we're kind of, you know, going down the path. And we see this guy coming towards us from, he'd come from the beach up the rappel. He says, hey, he gave us the look like you're those people. <laughs> he gave us the look like, yeah, you ain't going to the beach with all of that stuff. We get to the edge where we have to do the rappelling. I don't know how we ended up doing it, honey. It wasn't a really good scene at all, but somehow we collected all of our stuff. I remember us sitting under the sheltering tree for many hours because it took so much sweat to get there and the effort to get there. And I remember Kendra saying, let's just not think about going back. Can we just like be in the present moment? You remember that, honey? We're just going to stay here until the sun sets and then we'll deal with how do you go up with all that stuff? It was interesting, the only people at the beach with that st were uh, us. <laughs> Everyone else at the beach, like towel, that's it. <laughs> we had the whole setup going. But I remember that scene on this point. If you're going to find true friends in life, you know you're going to have to go through some stuff, Right? You know you're going to walk up to a cliff with a rope. You know you're going to have to rappel down some scenes and rappel up some scenes. You know you're going to have to carry some stuff. You know you're probably going to have a few scars. 
But if you'll stay with it and keep persevering, and we had read how wonderful and beautiful the beach was, that kept us going through all the things we were like, we ought to just go back. But if you're going to get to that sheltering tree, where the leaves are so broad and the branches so thick and you can find respite underneath that shade, if you're going to get there, you have to go through some things. But our experience that day was, I think what David's finding with Ittai and Hushai, it was worth it. The scars from Ahithophel probably helped contribute to the friendships that David developed in the latter part of his life with folks like Ittai and Hushai. And you know, our vision as a church is, we want to be this kind of community. We want to be the kind of community where these kinds of friendships and relationships can form. Because it's not easy. North American suburban life is catered to what, Beth, what, what the opening author's quote was, right? Did you see that from Beth Kephart? When she said, perpetual loneliness. That's the battle in North American suburban life. You know, you know who's got the, this is the environment to push back against the, the local church. Jesus has commissioned us as a community to push back against perpetual loneliness. That's not a description of Jesus' church. It shouldn't be. This should be the place where you can find true friends. And we want to be that place. That's why we work so hard around here and doing things like life groups and discipleship classes and you hear about Alpha or you hear about Julia's Old Testament class or you hear about new life groups starting. What is all this stuff about? Why Brad and Ian work so hard with student ministry and, and forming these gender-specific, age-specific groups, right? There's a guys, girls, guys group and a girls group for every single grade from fifth through senior year. Why is that so important? This because we recognize how critical it is to find true friends, the ones who walk towards you when everyone else is walking out. It doesn't mean it's perfect. It doesn't mean it's not difficult. It doesn't mean you're not going to have to repel down some. It's going to be hard, gang. But it's so worth it if we're going to find a sheltering tree. Isn't it, wouldn't this be a wonderful image of Eagle Church that the reputation of our community would be, you know what, if you jump into the community at Eagle Church you'll find a sheltering tree. You'll find a friend. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I think God would get a lot of glory out of that. A friend. Someone who walks towards you, who says with Ittai, I'm not going anywhere. I'm here, no matter what. And someone who comes to you in your time of need and says, how can I help? Hushai. And also, that we can be the kind of community that helps heal up from betrayal and hurt and fracturings of Ahithophel's, that we can be that kind of body together. That's my prayer for us. And one of the gifts you as a body have given Kendra and I and our family for 25 years is you have been that kind of community for us. You are our Ittai's and Hushai's. And we are deeply grateful, and we wouldn't want to be anywhere else in all the history we share together. But it's also involved a lot of years where we're hiking up to the cliff and rappelling down, going through some stuff to keep fighting for the sheltering tree. So Beth Kephart said, one can go through one's whole life without a friend. In Jesus' name, may that not be so. And may the mission and vision of this church be, may that not be so. And if you need a true friend, we pray you would stay 
entrenched in this body long enough that you'll find them and that we can be those friends walking towards others in their time of need. Amen. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for the picture of friendship you give us through characters that have been buried in David's story, Ittai and Hushai's. Thank you in these moments in our lives. Names are coming to our mind, no doubt. Folks you've brought alongside of us to encourage us, to stay with us in our deep valleys and dark days. And then I'm very mindful, Lord, of there's probably some right now that are dealing with some betrayal and hurt of some Ahithophels who've walked out. And I pray you would meet them right where they are and you see the healing work that's needed. May we be this kind of community together. May, may we be a community who learns how to cultivate true friendships, true spiritual friendships, who, who seek you, who pray for one another, who walk alongside each other, who help each other and serve each other. That... And Lord, just pray for those right now who are listening to this message and maybe in the depths of their heart are, are really, really lonely. And if they were honest, they're struggling to find the name of a true friend. I pray that you would hear their cries for help, that you'd see their needs, and that you would just, as you graciously do through your goodness, would you just insert just the right friend in their life, someone that would walk toward them. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.